Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 863. Well, the word is out and it's spreading. Birds aren't real. In Pittsburgh, Memphis, and Los Angeles, huge billboards are shouting out this new revelation. Accounts have popped up on Instagram and TikTok doing the same. YouTube videos have gone viral. Birds aren't real adherents even protested outside the headquarters of Twitter, demanding that they change their bird logo. And if birds aren't really birds, then what are they? Well, of course, they're drone replicas installed by the U.S. government to spy on Americans. Well, Talking Birds listeners, you've no doubt figured out by now this is all a joke. But it's one with a purpose. In a post-truth world dominated by online conspiracy theories, a bunch of young people created an effort to thumb their noses at and poke fun at misinformation. As one of the Birds Aren't Real organizers, Claire Crooney, put it, quote, My favorite way to describe the organization is fighting lunacy with lunacy, end quote. So we can all relax. Birds really are real. But what about squirrels? Man, they sound like robots. Okay, moving on. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here are some stories and videos that we have for you right now on our TalkingBirds.com website and our Facebook page. We know that there are lots of bird species in the New World tropics, but could there be even more than we thought? A new study suggests the answer may be yes, and we'll connect you to a story about it from our friends at Birdwatching Magazine. There's a lot to love about the red-tailed hawk, and National Audubon has compiled a list of ten fun facts about this beautiful beautio, and we'll link you to the list. And what if you could watch a bald eagle live on her nest? Well, you can, and we'll connect you to the nest cam that provides the view from Berry College in Mount Berry, Georgia. Some of the stories there on our TalkingBirds.com website and Facebook page right now. And speaking of Facebook, don't forget to check out the Talking Birds Flock. That's where listeners gather to share thoughts and observations and pictures and videos. More than 300 folks in the flock now. You can find it at Facebook.com. Just type in Talking Birds Flock in the search bar there. What we're hearing there is our mystery bird. Preview of the contest. That comes along in just a bit. We'd like to get you ready for it, though, with the sound of that bird. And here are some clues. It's a large, stocky diver. The male is mostly black with a couple of white patches on the head and nape of the neck. Its bill is white and red and yellow and black. The female is mostly medium to dark brown with whitish patches on the face. 
are bird breeds on freshwater lakes up in northern Canada and Alaska, and is found the rest of the year all along the North American coasts from Alaska and Nova Scotia south to Carolina and Florida. This is our preview of the Mystery Bird Contest. Prizes include the beautiful, original, iconic Droll Yankees A6F Classic Tube Feeder, the one that's been imitated many, many times. But the Droll Yankees feeder carries this, a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. Plus a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. And we have another special year-ender prize. That's your own Sierra Club 2022 Wilderness Calendar. It is really a spectacular calendar. Those are the prizes for our Mystery Bird Contest. And if we have time for a bonus question, we'll also try to give away a $20 gift certificate for Wisdom Supply. Makers of plastic-free notepads, journals, and other supplies for classroom and office. All coming up there in connection with our Mystery Bird Contest. Well, today we're honoring another Talking Birds listener who's tuned into the problem of plastic trash. He's our newest Talking Birds proud plurter, pledging to pick up litter while birding. That's what plurting is. And our newest proud plurter is Dr. Jim Randolph from Long Beach, Mississippi. Jim is a veterinarian and runs the Animal General Hospital there in Long Beach. AnimalGeneralHospital.com he also writes some very helpful blogs for pet owners at MyPetsDoctor.com. Certainly worth consulting if you're a pet owner. MyPetsDoctor.com. By the way, Dr. Jim says that becoming a proud plurter certainly suits him since he's been a trash picker-upper for decades. Thank you, Dr. Jim. We'll be sending you your proud plurter badge right away. Complete info about plurting is available, by the way, at this address... TalkingBirds.com slash plurting. Conservation good news of the week. Electric Vehicle Department. We reported uh, this past summer that the New York City Police Department added a Tesla Model 3 pure electric vehicle to its fleet of highway patrol cars. That must have worked out pretty well because the NYPD is now planning to purchase 250 more of those Teslas describing this as part of a citywide push for a transition to all-electric fleet, an all-electric fleet. And the announcement follows the city's recently unveiled $75 million clean tech investment package. Hey, New York, you're the best. New And now a special message about a very special virtual bird festival. Did you hear who's going to be at the For the Love of Birds Festival this year? Folks like Dr. Pepper Trail, America's senior forensic ornithologist who helped to uncover the elusive hummingbird love charm trade. Or Jose Martinez Amoedo, a survival expert and star of the History Channel's Alone Show, who reveals how a nightjar once saved his life along with many more of the coolest and most innovative experts in the bird-loving world. Head on over to ForTheLoveOfBirdsFestival.com to get your ticket for this amazing virtual event happening January 26th through the 28th. Admission is only $12. That's ForTheLoveOfBirdsFestival.com. 
Thank you, Christy. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment about an animal products-free alternative offering for your backyard birds. And up next, a tool-using, stealth-employing, spear-equipped bird is today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. class what's the first thing we notice about the green heron yes bobby well uh it ain't really green it isn't really green yeah that's what i said it ain't really green the green heron is really kind of a dark gray blue green on the back with distinctive chestnut coloring on the neck and breast a greenish black cap sometimes expanding into a small bushy crest, a dark bill, and yellow legs. It's about 14 to 19 inches long with a two-foot wingspan. Male and female are similar in appearance. The green heron breeds across most of the U.S., from the East Coast through Kansas and Nebraska, and along the Pacific Coast, moving down into Mexico, Central America, and the Caribbean for the winter. Stalking stealthily through the shallows, the green heron freezes. Then, with a flash of its stiletto bill, spears or grasps an unsuspecting fish. Green herons are opportunistic feeders with a diet that also includes frogs, snails, crabs, mice, and even snakes. And they're tool users, sometimes making lures by dropping bread crusts insects or feathers into the water to draw fish within striking range. The green heron, Butorides virescens, today's talking birds, featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show, number 863. And that website, which we always like to invite you to visit, is TalkinBirds.com. Ain't no G in talking. Well, Christmas bird counts are underway all across the Western Hemisphere and beyond now through the 5th of January, with thousands and thousands of folks covering 15-mile-wide circle areas and reporting their sightings to National Audubon, where they'll be tallied up used by avian scientists to monitor bird population trends impacted by things like climate change and environmental conditions and landscape development and other things. One of the folks out on a Christmas bird count today is our friend and birding superstar, David Clapp. And we're about to connect with him now. And I think we've made a connection. I hear something. Good morning, David. Good morning. Good morning. What you hear is my lovely wife drinking her coffee. Wow, that's what it, so that's what it sounds like when your wife drinks coffee. I oh often, yeah, glug what, glug, a little bit like a green, a <laughs> little bit like a green heron. <laughs> You're in a lot of trouble after we finish this uh, chat here. I, I think, David. <laughs> oh, you do know her well, don't you? Oh yeah. Well, I believe you're you're on Cape Cod in an area known as the Outer Cape. Some call it the Lower Cape, but that's too confusing. Can you describe the scene there, David, and uh, your sightings well, for us? I can. Early this morning, we pulled into uh, a marshy area, 
and listen for Virginia rail, which is mm-hmm. not a regularly wintering bird, but a bird that we sometimes keep in our marshes. Mm-hmm. Heard one headed immediately for the coast of Cape Cod Bay, which to us is looking west from the very westerly edge of the outer Cape. And uh, you wouldn't have believed it, Ray. I was very surprised. We had hundreds of northern gannets drifting by. Wow. It was it was very calm and very flat in the beginning, and it wasn't rainy. Visibility was eh, okay, but not great. But there were hundreds of gannets, brown ones, you know, young ones, mm-hmm. and then white ones. And they were just they were just <laughs> moving by constantly. It was wow. Good. Wow, wow. That's great. So for folks then, who don't... Yep. Then if, well, let me just say, then yep. all of a sudden the temperature dropped about 10 degrees, started mm. to rain, the fog rolled in, and it was it was pretty awful, and the wind started to come in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Anyway, but, we still had gannets, but that was... All right. The weather went, the weather went bad. Still got the gannets, still got the coffee. For those who don't know about Cape Cod, it's kind of a, an arm that juts out on the East Coast from Massachusetts, kind of like an extended arm with the with the forearm pointing upwards and a kind of a muscle muscle uh, showing kind of a shape. And you're on that forearm part and the western edge, as you described it, on Cape Cod Bay. That's a huge body of water, isn't it? It is. It's. I, I don't know exactly, but it's probably 20 miles from here to Boston and mm-hmm. from Provincetown down south to the sort of northern edge of the outer reach of the Cape. It's probably another 20, 25 miles. So it's going to be 400, 500 square miles of water. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's a lot of weather effect there, of course, uh, with uh, one side of where you are on the ocean, the other side on the bay. What can you say about how weather affects the uh, birds you might be seeing today? It's interesting. It's the same kind of pattern that happens whether you're in the Midwest or the West Coast or on a big lake. Um, Here, we get a northeasterly breeze that blows birds off the water, out off the Atlantic, in toward land. Mm -hmm. Then they hit the land and they tend to move south with the northeast wind. And they get caught, like you suggested, inside that bent arm of Cape Cod. And so if we go to one of the two or three beaches that gives you good vantage, we can watch all of these birds that are kind of stuck in here going, hey, I want to get back on the ocean. What am I doing? (laughs) And they they swing around in a loop and they head up toward Provincetown and then back out to sea. But we can can intercept them in a couple places. And that's where we were at one of those places this morning. All right. But but the the wind is significant and it blows birds up from the south. After we had these southerly winds, We've had some very um, interesting turns appear that should have migrated away. Hmm. Uh, we, occasionally we get kingbirds and things that get blown up from the south. The same thing happens wherever you are. You, the wind often deviates birds in their migration paths. Mm-hmm. David, I know you've taken part in Christmas bird counts since, uh, I guess, shortly after Frank Chapman started them uh, uh, in 1900. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember Abe Lincoln and I were planning them. Right. But they're not just for expert birders, right? What should, uh, what should folks know about participating if they haven't tried it before? That's a very good question. Uh, National Audubon has put these on for like you say, since Frank Chapman in the early 1900s. And they're, they're, the circle is divided into sections, like a pie or wherever the roads allow you to create a pie. And then each section has a leader, and each leader sometimes divides it up by neighborhood or by tradition. Um, but very often a person can call, just go online to National Audubon Christmas Count, and then look at the map, find out where the center of a circle is near them, 
mm-hmm. and then find who the leader is. That's usually published there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and call the leader and get involved. This is the first weekend of the uh, Christmas bird count season for, for 2021-22. And it's still time to get involved. And like I said, many of the Christmas counts, you walk your neighborhood, you can contribute information on your neighborhood. Yeah, it's... You really can get involved. It's, it's, as you said, Ray, there's thousands of people out doing mm-hmm. this. Christmas it's bird counts are wonderful to do. You get all the info, as David said, at National Audubon's website, audubon.org. David, thanks for taking the time out of your account to uh, be with us and be careful out there because the last time you gave us a report from the field, you were strafed by a Cooper's hawk, if I remember I, correctly. I was. Yeah. I, I think that was at Martha's Vineyard. Yes, I remember that well. But I want to thank you because you've given me a chance to sit in the car for four minutes while everybody else is out in the cold rain. We try to we try to be helpful. And by the way, I heard that if you get up on top of the East Ham Dunes, you can see the Birdwatcher's General Store from there. Is, is that true? Oh, you, you can. You can, but Nobody ever looks in that direction, I don't think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> David Clapp, joining, joining us from a Christmas bird count on the outer reaches of Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Thank you, David. Pleasure, Ray. Coming up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There's that sound again of our mystery bird, our mystery bird contest. We invite you to take a guess at that bird. And don't forget, if no correct answer is received, you could be the winner by way of a drawing from among answers received at 781-837-4900. I'll give the number again in a moment. Our mystery bird is a large, stocky diver. The male is mostly black. A couple of white patches on the head and nape of the neck. Its bill is white and red and yellow and black. Very distinctive-looking bird. The female mostly medium to dark brown with whitish patches on the face. Our bird breeds on freshwater lakes up in northern Canada and Alaska and is found the rest of the year all along the North American coasts from Alaska and Nova Scotia south to California and Florida. Forgot to ask David Clapp if he may have seen one or more this morning. But that's uh, a list of clues for our mystery bird contest and a beautiful raft of prizes, including... The Droll Yankees' original, iconic A6F classic tube feeder that includes a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. Exactly. We also have a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, one of the largest selections of birding books in the world is there at Beautio Books. And a special year-ender prize, your own Sierra Club 2022 Wilderness Calendar. Really is a a spectacular uh, calendar. So, prizes there. And maybe more if we have our chance for 
bonus question here. 781-837-4900 is the number. Up next, almost live from the archive, it's Let's Ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautiobooks.com. Hi, my name is Keenan Cole, and I live in Bellingham, Washington. What I like about being a Talking Business Ambassador is handing that card out to someone and being able to share with them all the joy I get from the show. If you enjoy Talking Birds as much as I do, you owe it to yourself to become an ambassador, to share the joy to the people you love or the people you don't know. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family at TalkingBirds.com. Join today, and thanks. Down on Cape Cod, Mike O'Connor has a big backyard where right now uh, Cooper's hawks are a little problem, I believe. Let's find out about it and also about vegetarian suet. Good morning, Mike. (laughs) Tough for you to say. I thought that was an easy one, but didn't uh, turn out that way. I understand you have established a vegetarian suet hotline. Is that true? (laughs) Call for your favorite veggie recipe. Yeah, I sell, um, as you know, I, I sell a lot of bird stuff, and one of the more popular ones is, uh, is suet for birds, and birds really like that, especially the woodpeckers. But uh, I have a little conflict since I'm a vegetarian. I feel a little conflicted mm. offering beef suet when I don't eat it myself. So I stumbled upon this uh, a recipe on National Audubon's website. Maybe you can link that up on your Facebook page. So people can follow it. So what I did was I I looked at it and I got the ingredients together. And it's pretty simple ingredients. It's just some bird seed and some cornmeal, um, some like Crisco, a little peanut butter, and and you mix them together. And I did it right and you know at home the other night with with my wife, and it was easy because she did most of the work. Um, <laughs> but you, what you do is you mix this all together, and then you put it into um, they suggested ice trays. And I put this concoction in there and put it in the freezer and it froze really nice, froze solid. It, it looks awful. It looks like tobacco juice when you're done. Mm. But when you take it out, it smells great because it's peanut butter. And I put it, <laughs> I took down the, the regular, put out with a regular sewer feeder and I hung it out there. And I was a little nervous because I didn't know if they were going to come to it. Also, this, like I, you said earlier, this Cooper's hot keeping my birds nervous. Mm. But in the course of a few hours, the chickadees, the chipmunks showed up, a Carolina wren showed up, and I got a, I have a downy woodpecker that's been coming back and forth regularly so um i would recommend that two things first of all if you're a little bit you know if you want to you know get away from using animal products this might might be a nice alternative and also it's kind of a fun family project with the holidays coming up get people together and you kind of make your own molds a lot of people like to hang certain things out for the birds during the holidays you know like the, the little seed treats that you put out for the birds so this might be kind of fun you get it like a mold in the shape of a christmas tree or a candy cane or a star and then you put that up maybe put a piece of yarn through there and hang that up but the birds uh, the birds are totally digging it um it's good here and where it's cold uh on the recipe they recommend not 
when the temperature gets above 50. So, you know, this is more of a winter project, especially in states that have winter. So you might want to consider that. But it smells great, and the birds are coming to it. And I'd recommend it, especially if you get somebody to make it for you like my wife did. Yeah, and don't forget to wash out those uh, ice cube trays after you make them. <laughs> Hey, by the way, Mike, just wanted to mention our dear friend Marjorie from right here in Marshfield uh, said, looking forward to the show this morning. The birds are all back at the feeders, and she says Mike should be happy because you're selling a lot of bird seeds uh, right about now, right? Oh, Marjorie, I, I appreciate your concern. Yeah, for the when it was so mild, the birds were coming, and business was kind of slow, but I appreciate your concern, Marjorie, because, you know, I was, I was out there looking for handouts for a while, but... Things have turned around, so, uh, yeah, the birds are back, and it's more fun to watch birds now than it was a little while ago. All right, you, you, and you haven't doubled the prices, despite the rumors that are going around, right? <laughs> no, no, but I like to suggest it. See you next week, Mike. You got it. Okay, All right. bye-bye. Birdwatching Magazine has a new membership program. Benefits include detailed bird ID articles from Ken Kaufman and David Sibley, tips and stories about bird photography, access to quarterly e-workshops on identifying and photographing birds, and complimentary print and digital subscriptions to Birdwatching Magazine. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com slash memberships. The Mystery Bird in our contest presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. We're trying to identify a large, stocky diver, the male of very, very distinctive combination of colors. What might that be? Aaron is somewhere in Florida. Beautiful, sunny Florida. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Ray. I'm in Gainesville, Florida, and it's actually pretty rainy this morning. Pr- pretty rainy? Okay. Yes. Well, it's sunny. We're like above the clouds, I guess you could say, this morning <laughs> is, is what it is. Well, it's pretty rainy here, too, but not snow, so we're kind of, most of us, kind of happy about that. So we're, we're all doing okay here. What about our, our mystery bird, then, Aaron? I think it's a surf scoter. Surf scoter sounds like a heck of a, an excellent guess and absolutely correct. What a combination of colors, a very unmistakable bird, certainly among the other scoters out there for sure. So nice job. And I think we have time for a bonus question, uh, Aaron, if you'd like to give it a try. All right, I'll go ahead. This is for a $20 gift card from Wisdom Supply Company. They're named after the oldest recorded wild bird, Wisdom the Midway Albatross. Women, uh, Wisdom Supply is a women-owned B corporation that's helping prevent plastic pollution through thoughtfully designed plastic-free zero-waste school and office supplies. So, Aaron, this is a multiple-choice question here. When birds stand right. on When birds stand on one leg, they are what? A, they are conducting a type of mating display. B, they are giving their other leg a rest. C, they are reducing heat loss from their body. Or D, they are about to fall over. (laughs) If it was me, it would be D, but I think for the birds, it's C. (laughs) For the birds, you say it is C, and I believe that would be uh, correct. It's to reduce heat loss from their body and uh in some birds they can reduce their heat loss by uh 50 so that's a pretty significant amount there wouldn't you agree yes okay. definitely. <laughs> okay aaron stay on the line jesse will get your info uh, happy holidays and happy new year thank you thanks to you too Thanks so much. That's Aaron down there in uh, Gainesville, Florida. Beautiful 
place down there. A little, uh, just a little bit uh, rainy today. We have just about run out of time for our show for today. Next week, uh, we have a con- counterpart from a recent University of Manitoba study that suggested many birds have benefited from quieter surroundings during the pandemic and have become more active in areas previously occupied by humans. But in Europe, they've done a study that seems to come to a different conclusion. So we'll have some details about that next week. And we'll also have a very special guest kind of in connection with that. She's Belgian philosopher of science and Professor Vinciane Desprez. She has a new book, Living as a Bird, meant to immerse readers in the world as it is perceived by birds. We'll have some details on just when Vincian will be a guest on our show. Next week, we'll be talking about a little science. Our own Debbie Bleacher will be with us for a Science Corner report about some fascinating technology that could unlock new ways of studying the environment. And we'll also get an audio postcard from our Freya McGregor, who's watching some very cool birds this month in Southeast Australia. And that wraps it up for today. We will be here with our next show on the 26th of December. That'll be the live date for our show and available to you whenever you can listen to it. And we offer all the details about that and a whole lot more on our TalkingBirds.com website. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, Audrey Stack, and our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. Happy holidays, and we'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Video Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Videobooks.com. <laughs>